Good day, dear listener. This is another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name is Alon. And my name's Ara. I've got a question for you, Ara. Yes, sir. Is there a list of games that you just sort of keep in your head, or perhaps more officially on paper somewhere, or digital paper, uh, that you just, you know you want to get to? Like, oh, let's say I took a week off from everything and I just could sit down and play those games I haven't played yet. Here's a few that I want to go for. I indeed have such a list. What, what are a couple of them? Well, it's funny you say that because it's a couple games long. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what are they? Well, uh, one of them's coming out tomorrow. Dragon's Crown. Okay. There was... It's funny because my list has a price also. I'm thinking more of games that like have been out for a while and you've wanted to play and just haven't gotten I, I know. See, so now the list is one game long, if we exclude that. Is the next one going to be Grid 2? Yes, it is. Okay. And also, uh, you know what? It's actually, there's maybe one or two more games past that. But not any more than that for sure. Uh, so it's funny because there are there are several games that I... I'm interested in checking out, but I do not want to pay full price for, because I know that I know that they'll suck, and I know that I won't have the uh, the wherewithal to really play through them for any appreciable amount of time. So you and I are very different in some ways, and very similar in others, and uh, I, I share this this sort of base instinct that all games are going to suck. Almost all of them anyway. Yeah. Now, I, I want to re- be real careful, though, because I don't want to call it an instinct, because this this sense of mine has been very carefully honed over years and years of continuous disappointment after disappointment. Yeah, I am being very casual in my speech. but uh, So there's lots of games that have come and gone, but I said, oh, you know what? I really want to play that, and I never do. But very rarely does a game come along where I... I see it, for instance, at E3 and think, you know what? That game actually looks good. I actually want to play it. And I could picture myself even buying it one day. Maybe if I weren't an adult who just decided that he didn't have time to play games, I I would go buy that. And that's totally Dragon's Crown for me, by the way. So for me... Which that, comes out tomorrow. That is 2012's Dishonored. And there was a deal for Dishonored, brand new, 20 bucks from Amazon last week. So I ordered it. I thought, I will get around to playing this. Lo and behold, this weekend, I basically broke my back, as I tend to do once a quarter or so. Literally. Well, not literally, but to the point that figuratively, I... Figuratively, but... Uh, walking is not fun. Wait, figuratively, but physically. Yes. 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 So uh, I, I am a man with back pain, which means sometimes I will just chill out and not do anything and that is a great time to play games so you know what i'm i'm not immune to the uh the burden of the back either so anyway i played some dishonored this weekend and i want to talk about that specifically some of the things i liked about it uh first and foremost the fact that i actually like it and like want to keep playing and it's not a game that's super duper short it was just although i gotta say coming off of playing the last of us which was the last game that i played for a long time Dude, graphics in all games totally suck. Yeah, okay, so I, I want to do a little experiment right now, actually, because I don't know a lot about Dishonored, but I want to tell you what I think Dishonored's about before you tell me and everyone else. Okay, cool. But first tell me where you're getting this. Like, is it just from current marketing, or, or are you just guessing based off the name? No, I've, I've seen it here and there on the Internet maybe on store shelves, okay. hasn't really been something that I've been following, but it's just, you know, like most games, I just see them around and I have some kind of really nebulous impression of it right now. Okay, so go for it. What do you think it's about? So I'm sure marketers will love this. So when I think of Dishonored, I think of, um, let's see, uh, a lot of brown, uh, maybe a lot of city, a lot of explosions, and a lot of weapons. Okay. That's that's an interesting collection of thoughts. Yeah. 
So I didn't actually know what the plot was because at E3, people talk about plot, but well, that's not the part you remember. Well, I don't even know what kind of game it is. Yeah. So there. Um, all right. So let me tell you what it is. Uh, the name Dishonored comes from the fact that you were a guy in high standing and then you're basically framed for murdering an important person. That's rather All dishonorable. Right. So that's why you are dishonored. Um, I have not played Thief, and I have only played the smallest, smallest bit of Hitman. But I suspect it is kind of like these games, but it does some things that other games traditionally, maybe there are some that do this, other games traditionally do not do. Uh, I do not play a lot of Bethesda games, because usually they're very, very high on the RPG angle or just way too big like the yeah. games that you play yeah so or both at the same time yeah so i don't usually bother with them but this is by the bethesda i feel like it's a little more actiony you say it's a lot of explosions it's actually a lot of well it's one of those games where you can decide like do you want to be a badass with the guns go through and kill everybody or do you want to be the stealthy guy and just choke them out yeah. how about brown city does it have brown city um i mean it's it's not vibrant in color it tries to be it's it's based in this alternate universe right where it's steampunkish, like there's guns and electricity and like weird machines, but at the same time, people are still using a lot of swords and, you know, like okay. canned whale meat and stuff. So it, it's weird, uh, but it tries to be realistic in its at least color palette. Um, so yeah, it is brown and gray and whatever. Uh, but one thing it does that is awesome, and there are a lot of things it does, right? But one thing it does that I notice other games don't is that it maintains a truth about the like who's died and who hasn't and like what enemies are in the game and i think that especially for this game it's really important what i mean by that is you know you can go in, you'll have a mission right and it's in a city and you can go into a part of the city that requires loading right so you can go into a lot of places and a lot of rooms and a lot of rooftops and all that stuff and it's just open but some places you go to you know, you got to press X if you want to go here, and then it totally loads a new space, which, because of the limitations of, you know, today's computers or whatever, I get it. But at the same time, usually in that situation, you come back out to the city, every bad guy is walking around again, all of the dead guys and the bloodstains and everything have been wiped clean, you're in a, a fresh zone. So this isn't like some kind of weird, like, moral narrative thing, this is just like, it just keeps track of what you've killed already. Yeah, it just, it knows. And it's really important because when you're like skulking around through an area and you know that there's um, some uh, watch guy that like is walking back and forth in this in a particular area and you've taken him down, you know that now you can walk over there because you've gotten rid of him. And then you leave and you come back. And unless it's a totally new mission where like the armies come back in and put new guys there and whatever, um, it's the same city that you left it at, even though you've been going through different areas. And another great one was uh, yesterday evening. I, it's one of the, like you alert the guys or they, they hear you and they get little exclamation points or lightning bolts or whatever. And then they start running after you if you alert them enough. Right. And you think, oh, I'm just going to run away into this area where it loads. Right. I'm near one of those doors. so I'm just going to open it and go in there and I'll be totally safe. And I, I was like, I'm going to watch and see if this game is awesome enough to let those guys go through that door because I would bet lots and lots of money that they will not come through that door because it's a loading door. It is not in the same universe. And they totally came after me. It was awesome. Through the load. Through the load door. That's pretty cool. I could not believe that they did that, and I'm very happy that they did. And, of course, when I go back into that house, even though I'd already been in there and wiped out all the guys, right, they were still wiped out. And But these guys come through. You know, and I have to now kill them. And it's just, it's wonderful. I, I am very curious if I could, because you can pick up guys, you know, so you can throw them in a spot where they won't be seen after they're dead or unconscious or whatever. Yeah. I'm curious if I could pick them up and go through a loading door. That would be even more phenomenal. Um, but anyway, in a, in a game where you are uh, stealthy, trying to kill guys in a bunch of different ways, um, it's really gratifying for me that... They they made it realistic in that way. I mean, there's a lot of the game that's not realistic. It's based on sure. some and supernatural I would e- stuff. I would even venture that it's... I would even be so bold as to say that you like it, not even necessarily because it's realistic, but just because that's a lot more interesting 
and pleasant. Yeah. Well, I don't want everything to be realistic, but that element of it, yeah. it's really frustrating when the game is just, okay, it's combat or stealth, but then you have to do the same thing over again. or you know, like, like Metal Gear, right? Yeah. Killing people or disabling people is like, it's a core component of gameplay. You go around the city and you take people out. Like, that's, that's the whole game, basically. Um, and for that to change by bringing them back to life is really, really irritating. And so this game does it. And I cannot tell you another game that does it. I'm, I'm sure there are some, right? But I can't think of one that actually, in a large-scale game like this, through loading points, although you're in the same over-mission, I guess, because there's, there's right. large chapters um, with submissions and stuff, probably a lot like those games, the other Bethesda games, Skyrim, right? I'm guessing it's similar, just because it's made by Bethesda. I, I don't know, because... I mean, Bethesda Bethesda's a publisher, right? I'm not sure who developed it. Oh, yeah, it could be different developers. What am I thinking? Yeah. Anyway, I'm very happy that they did it. I think it's awesome. The other element of games that I like, so I wonder if I should wait. Should I wait and talk about the other thing that makes this game awesome? Yeah, you should, because there's one thing I want to say before we uh, run out of time this segment. Okay. It's a little it's, bit more classic. It's really interesting how we... There's certain video game conventions that have just been... It's just so firmly redone over and over in the same way that we kind of just f- start thinking like it has to be that way, like your loading thing. Yeah. The only reason why enemies reset in between you know, loadingly partitioned areas in a game is because that's just how they've actually architected the, you know, how things work in the game. And that's how, that's how they manage the game. Yeah, like when you go through the new loading area, everything's fresh. That's just... The yeah, there's it. there's no reason why they can't remember things like that. It just depends on how you architect the game. So that's pretty cool. All right, I'll tell you the one other really major characteristic that I love about Dishonored. And it doesn't have anything to No, we'll be right back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back! It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio! Sponsored by the University of Advanced Technology, whose website is uat.edu. I'm so excited. So, I don't even know if we're going to carry on a lot about this, because it's this is a common theme in games. The problem is that it's not ver- done very well, usually. So I'm okay, well, that's nothing new, so let's yeah. go on. <laughs> so, um, I, have, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, but I probably have. One thing that I really look for in a game, I mean, depends on the game, right? But what I like is when... A system is developed such that it's it's on its own, right? And it doesn't force you to be linear. Now, the game is linear in that you have a mission, and you have to do this mission, although there can be side missions and stuff. But when you're done, story carries on. You go back to the main base. You learn whatever happens next. Then you go out and do your next mission. So in that respect, it's linear. It's not just totally open. But once you get into the city, though this game is, is built on the premise that you can get around however you want based on the the standard mechanics in the game and then you know if you want to strangle a guy out you can if you want to jump jump from you know 100 feet up and do like a, an assassination from up top you can if you want to shoot him with an arrow from 100 yards away or from two yards away you can it just it develops every a system so that you can do it however you want and i know this is not the first game to do that i do i know that hitman did that but hitman was even it's like you can either choose this assassination method or this assassination method and you can go from this point or from this point and it was it was a little bit more 
um, like presented to you and, and how to conduct it. Or at you're least like, you're like picking from a menu. The only Hitman game I, I knew anything about is the very first one, which is like 15, 20 years old. So it may have evolved a lot since then. But a lot of games try to tell you it's stealthy. You can go around, do whatever you want. This game is is very much that way. Like I didn't come across a lot of invisible walls. I didn't come across a lot of times where I thought I should be able to do something and I couldn't. It's it's systematically integrated into the just the di- normal dynamics of the game in an elegant way it sounds like. Yeah. They just did a really good job with everything. So I think I'm going to try this thing and it's, you know, it may or may not work at least based on history with video games and more often than not it does. And that is really cool. I like that a lot. Um, so anyway, that's why I like Dishonored. And I was I was really excited for it when I saw it at E3, I think, in 2012. And then I went and saw my brother in New York a few months ago. I can't remember when I was there. And I saw that he had it on his shelf. And, he, and I mentioned I said, oh, I really wanted to play the game. He said, oh, man, it sucks. I hated that game. <laughs> and I wanted to be like, well, why don't you just let me borrow it then or take it since you don't like it and we live in different states. That's a good follow-up question. Yeah, I didn't, though. I was like, oh, it'll be cheap one day, uh, which it was. But now that I have a context for the game, I want to ask him again, like, what, what could you not like about that? I think it's a fantastic game. I encourage anyone to play it. Um, well, this is why there's no accounting for taste. Yeah, but he loves Skyrim, I think. I think he played a lot of that. And It's I just, funny because I, I noticed that, and I'm not immune to this, and I don't think you are or anybody is. People a lot of times will just not like a game for totally idiosyncratic reasons. I bet you I will wager money, but not more than $5, that he probably played it up to a point where he didn't understand something and got stuck and got frustrated, and you know how that goes. Sort of. Although I I would also point out that this game does a lot to remove that frustration point. Like, it has constant arrows for where you're supposed to be going, but they're subtle, so they don't really get in your way. Like... It actually, I get annoyed when I don't know what to do, and right. this game's been really good about pointing me where I need to go. But you know, I mean, you, like me, you know all the grammar of the normal video game conventional things, maybe. Oh, no, he the does. Other guy. He, he does. He does. does. Well, but then. This, we're I just talking about my brother here. I don't know about, you know, anybody else's. Okay. Well, then I withdraw my wager. I'm definitely not worried about him not uh, knowing about games, because that's basically all he does with his life. So, <laughs> anyway, let's move on to something else. Uh, I implore you, though, uh, go go get Dishonored. It's a good game. All right. Well, let's see. We got it. We got so many, so many crazy things happened today, and by today I mean in the past week. So um, That's usually how we roll around have here. I, have I mentioned that Dragon's Crown is coming out tomorrow? You did, and I know I've seen this name somewhere, but I don't actually know what it is. This is the game with the sorceress with the boob size of her head. Okay. Each. And then uh, with the barbarian woman, I guess they call her an Amazon, uh, with uh, giant muscles, which is also controversial, I guess. Okay, Dragon's Crown. And what what kind of game is this? This is a Vanillaware game. So if you guys don't know, Vanillaware makes these really, really beautiful-looking games. And I'm sure I'll have a lot more to say about it next week because I'm totally getting it tomorrow. But it's it's funny because this game has been embroiled in a lot of controversy because of the art style. Uh, these days, it seems, especially in the development community, a really hot topic to discuss uh, gender issues and also stereotypes, I guess. And so this one is like stereotype to the extreme, at least in its depiction of the female form. On the other hand, highly muscular female, uh, I guess, is not stereotypical at all. I'm, I'm looking at And a lot right of now. people... You showed me a video of this game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people... I mean, people get upset when they see these stereotypical things, I suppose. I think it's... I think it looks awesome. I don't think your boobs are that big. I mean, they're definitely not, you know, natural. But it's not like that game for the PS2. Size of head, my friend. Are they not the size of her head? Do you remember that game where the girl and I'm not had, talking like, about a, both a scarf that could like be a hand? Do you remember this game from the PS2? Oh yeah, no, those were bigger. That was uh, Stretch Panic. Stretch Panic. Yeah, those hands were giant. Yeah, but you know what? That was like so stylistic that I don't think even uh, even the most sensitive could complain about that. 
This one at least like it looks like a real person artistically comic book, I guess. Well, she has elf ears and white hair, but yeah. Anyway, there's about like I like we started off with. There's very few games that I'm actually like interested in as soon as they're announced, and this was one of them. But it's just like a little hack and slash. What's special about it? Well, I don't I don't know if it's a little hack and slash. Maybe it's a big hack and slash. I okay. guess we'll find out next week, won't we? All right. I mean, I assume it's a multiplayer game. Am I going to come over and play? Um, that can be arranged, certainly. Okay. It's a brawler, and it's Vanillaware. The last game they made was Muramasa, and then before that, Odin Sphere. I don't know. I just this this game does not. Oh, the source. I was looking at the wrong girl. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. But the re- it's because her head is really small. It's not because the boobs are especially large by video game standards. Her head is especially small. I'm, I'm just going to leave that be. Yeah. All right, fine. So that Her head looks tomorrow. pretty normal. Do you know what game came out yesterday? <clears throat> wow, I lost no. my voice there. Yesterday? Pikmin 3. Oh, this is something else you're excited about. I was like, maybe there's a Walmart selling it, and I'll go get that, and I'll play for my weekend of, of injury. And then I realized, no, I have Dishonored, so I'm going to play that. Um, but I also read, by the way, did you know that they did this? If you pre-ordered the game from GameStop on July 20th or 21st, uh, pre-ordered the digital-only version, by the way. Then you got it a day early. So people were playing it on Saturday. What kind of chicanery is this? That's what, first that's, of all, why are they pushing a pre-order of digital-only? But I guess because that's they, how Nintendo's doing it. Because their margins are better? Sure. Nintendo's like, we don't care how they buy it. It'll make us more, I guess. No, if they sell a digital copy, their margin is better than if they sell a retail one. Well, I know. I mean, I, I get that. But then you'd think they would they would sell it just through their store instead of through GameStop. But it probably gets them a lot more visibility through GameStop. Yeah, I never understood. Like, what do you get if you? What's what? Like, what is what has GameStop done for us lately? Like, what well, do you get at GameStop if you order it through them instead of Nintendo? What you get, I get. In reality, it's you're getting their marketing. They're pushing the fact that this game is available, and that's where the eyeballs go. Yeah, so. this is this is what I don't understand about GameStop trying to do digital sales because it just they they seem to be just grasping at straws and hoping that their momentum just in the marketplace in general will sustain some kind of sales in that corner. You say that, but I know that a lot of people go to the store to find out what to get or to see, well, what's new? I'll pick this up. And so it doesn't matter if it's digital or not, if you still get the exposure there, which I didn't really stop to consider until just now. But but that's I guess if you're already there, right? If you have like a quote-unquote relationship with them. Yeah, well, or you just, what if you're a parent getting the game for the kids? You know that like, you make something like 50% of your revenue in December um, versus the rest of the year. I mean, you make just as much in December as you do the other months combined. Uh, I should say Christmas season. Like, Well, I don't. <laughs> well, Maybe other people do. Re- retail does. So, retail certainly does. And a lot of that is gift giving where people don't know what they're getting. So they just go in there and, and they say, here you go. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's a DVD or a, a number on a piece of paper. But It just seems weird. Anyway, that came out. And I am going to New England this weekend to run in a Spartan race with a friend of mine that I've known for like my whole life. So I'm going to be in New Hampshire. The run's actually in Massachusetts, but New Hampshire is tax-free. And so I've told myself, hell or high water, I am going to buy something there tax-free. And so Hopefully something very expensive. I'm going to – well, I do need an audio receiver, but I don't know that I'm ready to purchase. I am, however, ready to purchase Pikmin 3 – so I am holding out until this weekend to pay no tax in New I, Hampshire. I think you can do much better. Yeah, I'm sure I could. <laughs> it's just the principle. I don't even mind paying this full is, price. This is my if point. This is my principle. <laughs> you need to buy a lot more things. I, oh, I thought you were saying I could just <laughs> I could wait and get it used for forty bucks. I will pay a full sixty dollars as long as none of it goes to tax. In New Hampshire, they use a lot of pennies. Do you know yeah. that? Because everything's you know some number of dollars and ninety nine cents. I can totally see that. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, so moving on. Namco just announced... We were just talking about Tekken free-to-play recently. We were. Namco just announced that their next Ace Combat game is going to be free-to-play, and it's going to come out at the end of this year. But does it have... Like like we learned... I don't know. If, did we talk about it last week? How there's like Tekken Tag Tournament 2, and then whatever the one on that's free to play is sort of like the companion version revolution yeah Tekken revolution is basically like Tekken tag 2 minus the tagging according to what people are emailing us to to let us know about yeah um, 
does Ace Combat have like a full version companion title coming out no, at the same time? No, this is really weird because I've been a huge fan of the series. All right, hold that thought. I want you guys to think during the break if you can remember playing any Ace Combat game. We'll be right back. gave you something like a full 30 seconds or maybe just 15 or something to think about ace combat no I, nobody remembers I nobody played, remembers but me i played ace combat before it was ace combat when it was yeah. called air combat air combat did you play air combat 22 uh and wonder where the first 21 went <laughs> i played the very first one on playstation because that was back in the day when i was still amazed by 3d and i know that you've played a lot of them since then but i don't think i've I've put any reasonable amount of time into any Ace or Air Combat game since the very first iteration. But aren't there like seven or eight of them now? There's there's a lot. I have a funny There's little... almost 22 of them. They're, well, we're getting there. So it was originally an arcade game around the PS1 era. And I think it was called Ace Combat in the arcade, right? No, 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 no. Was it Air It was Combat? always called Air Combat. The reason why they had to change it to Ace Combat, here's the story, is because there is a corporation in America called Air Combat. Oh. And they do – how do I explain this? You don't need to. No, I need <laughs> to. You pay the money and then they put you up in a trainer aircraft that is used to train jet pilots. So there's two seats and you sit in front and your trainer sits in the back and they – uh take the plane off and they land and you get to steer in between. Okay. And this is the service they provide this company. Is this like a military simulator or just Oh, no, 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 no. This is a real trainer aircraft. You fly. These are, these are aircraft that's oh, it's supposed not a, to... it's not a game. No, this is no game. These, this is... This, I went to do this once and this is the kind of thing where... When you are briefed, part of the briefing is them explaining to you what to do if you must leave the aircraft while is it, it is still in the air. And I would just, I was just sitting there and just paying attention to how fast my heart was racing as they describe that with these planes, because there's a propeller in front of you. What you need to do if you are about to crash and you need to vacate the plane is you have to open the canopy and leave the canopy, but you can't just jump out. And it's not like a real jet aircraft, so it's not going to have an ejector seat, okay? So you have to maneuver yourself onto the wing and hold the front edge of the wing, the leading edge, with both hands and then let go. So that you can be sure that uh, you'll escape the plane without being chopped up into the propeller. It's a single propeller plane? I don't know how many propellers there are. There's at least one. Okay? <laughs> so you were going to do this and then you backed out? Oh, no. I did it. Oh. I did it. I didn't have to eject or get <laughs> out of the plane. That was, that was the good part. I'm glad because if, if you had and I had not heard this story yet, I would be really upset. Oh, in fact, I have a video of it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Thrilling. Not wow at the video. I couldn't care less about the video, but wow, that sounds pretty awesome. It's, you know what else was really awesome is that was the moment, uh, that experience was when I learned that the sensation of vomiting can be the most pleasurable sensation <laughs> one can ever experience. That was after you landed? That was, let me tell you something. The opposite of that, okay? The opposite of the most pleasurable experience is wanting to vomit but not being able to. 
And that was a state I was in for probably about at least half the flight. Because I was so excited. I was so – you don't understand. This was during a time when not only was I at my fattest, but I was also – I was just so enamored with planes and stuff. I was like, you know what? If I get to do this, like I can just die afterward and I will be satisfied and nothing else is important. And this was just such an incredible thing. And so I was just so overconfident and they were serving us breakfast and – I was like, I'm going to eat this donut and I'm going to have more of these pastries and load up on coffee and, you know, like G-forces, whatever. Let's not sweat those. <laughs> so here I am up in the plate with all the Danish and the donuts and the coffee doing a little circus in my stomach. Now, do they like send you up for loops? Like you only steer for a second or is the whole thing like you're flying this plane aside from landing and takeoff? Uh, it was probably about 20 minutes of flying around and I was, I was steering around and it was really interesting. But they're not doing crazy crazy loops and weird things. Well, for some people, they did, actually. And I was terrified at the same time wanting to experience it, too. Yeah, they did a few things like um, uh, they did like some half loops and they did like a they did like a stall turn. Wow. Which is like you. Oh, my God. If I can remember this. It's crazy. You basically make the plane stall on purpose. Because okay. you just go straight up? Yes. This is exciting, right? And then and you then, let the plane dive back down? Yeah. And then you like turn that into a loop and it's crazy. And um, yeah, it's I, – I mean it was a great experience even even though I had to – How old were you? This was in like 2002, man. Wow. That was not long ago. Yeah. Not, not too long ago. Okay. Well, that's air combat, I suppose. So, so Wow. Okay. So why don't we talk about the game for a second? <laughs> Okay, so here's the funny thing. This game has gone really downhill since, like, the PS2 version, which was Ace Combat 4, the first PS2 version. And they made a lot more versions of this. And if I recall correctly, they haven't really sold very well. They've been selling worse and worse, it seems like. I've literally not heard anyone else talk about Ace Combat. Yeah. Other than just you. The series is down in the gutter. It has been in the gutter for almost 10 years now. The problem is – well, it's funny because they've, they haven't been selling well. But the new ones ever since like the, the fourth one, on, which is the one on PS3 or the first one on PS3, it's just it's, – it's, just, after that, they were just not that good. They were just not very good at all. So this is kind of interesting because I don't know what they're going to do here. And – They've. I felt like they went down like the wrong road of like what this game should be like in terms of like how it feels and how it plays. They've been down that bad road for a long time. So so who knows? But I guess at least I won't have to pay for it when I play it. Okay. Because I feel I, I I've spent a lot of money on those games and I've been gypped. Well, you're so, going to spend no money and get to fly one plane. It's and somehow I will still feel gypped. Yeah, probably. Even if I had never played any of for any of those other games. Okay. So what else? What else? All right. So let's move on. Um, Let's talk about some Russians. Okay. Yeah. So there's a game. It's called Company of Heroes Two. Yep. I haven't played it, but some people have, and apparently a lot of Russians have played it, and a lot of Russians are upset about how they're portrayed. About how they were portrayed. And they were so upset. In fact, this uh, this one individual, Anton Brezhnev, was that's a nice name, Brezhnev. I always like Russian names. It just rolls off the tongue so nicely. Yeah, some guys like Asian chicks. You go for the Russians. That's I'm I'm pretty equal opportunity. Okay. Anyway, I just like the names though. This guy actually put a petition on Change.org, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read you a little bit. So that this is this Didn't is the change dispute. argument for political petitions. Yeah, hey, maybe this is political. So part of the petition, the important part, what it says is: look, the way that the game developers see the conflict is disgusting. What conflict is he talking about? The conflict during World War II. That was a pretty disgusting conflict. It, it was. That. So he said, here in the uh, Commonwealth of Independent States, which is former Soviet Union. We do believe that World War II was won by the Allies, who do represent the best of human qualities like bravery, cunning, that's an interesting choice, self-sacrificial courage, and honesty. 
the self-sacrificial game... courage. That that was the Japanese. Well, probably more so than anyone else. The game developers see the best of the USSR as an instantly evil thing. It's not like that at all. So apparently the Russians in this game, because this was this was a game that, uh, if my if my if my reports are correct, actually purported to be historically accurate, and they actually portrayed the Russians in a really really negative light. And in fact, it was so negative that the distributor of the game in Russia, One C Soft Club, they've actually suspended sales of the game. But only in, Russia. in Russia. Well, of course, because yeah. they only sell in Russia. Okay. And so Sega even released a statement, and they're like, at this time, we can't offer any further comment, blah, 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 usual boilerplate stuff, plus uh, more boilerplate stuff where we're taking the issue very seriously, and more boilerplate stuff where we're investigating these concerns thoroughly with all relevant partners. Well, the thing is, Russia... This is unprecedented, though. So we were we were talking about this before the show started a little bit, and I was wondering because I knew that World War II, uh, Soviet Union was bad, but then Germany like double crossed them, and so I was pretty sure they switched over, and they did. They switched sides, so they were originally in the Axis, and then they were the allies with us. Um, I mean, I don't know that we were good friends or anything because I don't know history very well, but they did actually switch. So I'm curious if the game takes place like through the duration of the war or just the first part before Russia switched or after? I don't know. All very good But if questions. it's the first part, then I can understand why they would be represented poorly in the game because they're on the side of, of Germany. They're actually, per, they're actually representing, framing this as uh, propaganda, that this is anti-Russian propaganda that young people will take as fact and not know the difference. Okay. So, very interesting. I tend not to uh, to wage my real-life wars on those from video games. Well, I, I don't either, right? But the qu- I think the crux of the matter is, is this game really representing itself as being historically accurate or not? Because the de facto assumption is that, no, all games are fiction. So are you saying what's interesting about this is that the company selling the game voluntarily took it off because they decided that, yeah, maybe we're not being accurate and we need to adjust? Well, the distributor took it off, right? The developer purportedly to be have have crafted a historically precise oh, game. Okay. I, was, I was confusing some of what accurate said before. Is, accurate is the word I want. Yeah. So that's exciting. I don't know about this. I don't know. The change.org position is what's weird. Because I don't... Like, what is he actually asking for in change.org? That they... Stop the game or change the game? Or is he just saying we need the world to know that Russia or Soviet Union wasn't? That's that's a good – that's a really good question. I don't know what the change.org petition is asking for other than the fact that uh, just, just to set the story straight. Yeah. There's still people who say that the Holocaust never happened. So have fun setting your story straight. We'll be right back. Are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. Okay, it's Chatterbox, video game radio, and we are back once again. 
still still here after all of these. Do, do years. you see? Do you see what? Uh, do you see what the skill I have in making everyone think that I'm caught completely off guard when we come back and it's my turn to intro the show? Yeah, it sounded so natural. <laughs> is it, it? It's this is a special talent that takes a lot of practice. Yeah. So before we continue, <laughs> let me remind everyone to go to uat.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. We also have a website. Chatterboxgameshow.com, but we love our Facebook page even more. Slash Chatterbox Video Game Radio. I wonder if I keep saying Chatterbox with a different set of words afterwards, if any of them actually soak in. I can't believe I made the Facebook page a different yeah. name than the website. It won't soak in for me. That's I, for sure. So I can't change it. But you know what? I have uh, this technology called uh, bookmarks. Yeah. And that way I don't have to remember. There's a link on the website. You just clickety click. And it goes there. That is also another awesome technology. Yeah. Okay. Do you want, do you want to hear about a, a third awesome technology? I bet we're thinking the same thing. Is it something to do with Zynga? No, I was thinking Microsoft self-policing. Oh. Wow. Well, l- wah, let, me just, wah, let, me just, let me just do this one because I'm so jazzed about this. Okay. This is – so you know, you know Zynga is very litigious. Uh, I had heard that, yeah, which is ironic because they steal a lot of other people's stuff. <laughs> and what is what is like one of your favorite Zynga game? Um, just feeding into your, your plan here, I'm going to yeah. say Words with Friends. Yes! I knew that was your favorite. Now, turns out there's a new company on the scene, and uh, they're called... Bang with friends. Bang with friends. Something we all love to do from time to time. And they have a product also called... Bang with friends. Exactly. And guess what Zynga did? Did Zynga sue Bang with friends? They totally sued them. And actually, this is actually not really fair because that, it sounds like a legitimate litigation. It might be, except I would argue that Bang with friends is not a game. It is, type of software. it is not a game, but it is definitely in the same selling space of Zynga. And on top of that, it definitely begins to confusingly associate Zynga with things that they certainly don't want to be confused with. Here's the problem. If you, this one, one would in response to hearing this be begging to ask the question, if you can't bang with your friends, then who can you bang with? That's, uh, you know, a good question. But I, maybe they would just rename it to bang your friends. I don't know. That would, be, that would be even better. I like it. So for those not quite following, bang with friends is one of many, many, many hook up and find a physical mate apps. Is it? Is it? This isn't the first one? Oh, there are lots of find a hookup apps on, uh, on various phone devices. I know this because Facebook tries to shill all the find a gay partner apps on me. I, I knew they were the gay ones. Day. I knew they were the gay ones. And the gay ones are very popular. Well, because they work. The straight ones don't work. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because if, go, go, if you go to the Google store and, or whatever, and if you look at the reviews, there's a lot of entertainment to be had there. Just in the reviews? Yeah. That's and funny. also... I don't think any females have ever downloaded this. No, because the only people who want the service, it's men. So if you get men on both sides, <laughs> the buyers and the sellers, so to speak, yeah. uh, or the searchers and the, and the finder, what do you call it? I don't know. <laughs> the finders and the ones who are found. <laughs> if it's all men, it is just party all night long. Yeah, okay. I've, I've had enough with this. Okay, so Microsoft. This seems to be honestly like the biggest piece of news this week. Enforcement United? Yeah. Yeah, it's. I'm fascinated by this. I mean, I could have never predicted this. This came out of left field to me. But what's weird is it's following up on what they've been saying about Xbox One, which is not this. Xbox One system is separate. This, this is my understanding, anyway. Separate from this concept of Enforcement United, where we all sort of work together. Yeah. So let's uh, let's describe what this is so people know. Okay. Do you do you want me to just read? Why not? Okay. Xbox Enforcement United, as it's tentatively called, allows Xbox Live Gold players to provide input on whether other players violate the Xbox Code of Conduct. It's going to start with gamer tags, allowing volunteers to decide through a compiled algorithm 
whether certain names are offensive and violate Xbox rules. Now, th- we'll keep going. I don't think it's just names, though. I think they take into conduct more than just... Is this just a name thing? Right now, it's just a name thing, and I'm sure they have... That is my point of confusion. ...aspirations beyond that they don't tell us what they are. Okay. I yes. read this, by the way. It's the first part of a joystick article from Jessica Condit. I don't want to steal, steal anything without giving credit there. Um, okay, so this is just about the gamer tags. Yeah. You know, this this is uh, well-timed because of something else that happened in, in the world. Uh, is it? Just yesterday, an article was posted. In the world of gamer tags? No, but... So a gamer tag is a unique piece of property that is textual, just like domain names. And there was an article in the UK's Sunday Times that came out yesterday, which is a very big... Um, newspaper in the sunday times and it talks about how um right now you know how there's a lot of stuff going on in the uk about censoring the internet censoring porn and like it's a mandatory opt-in environment where you're automatically filtered for porn i had out of porn i had no idea but it sounds horrible so this is all happening in the world right now the uk is is going a little bit crazy with how much they want to filter the internet for bad stuff and it's going to be a mandatory like you automatically are filtered until you call and tell tell your isp you don't want to be filtered interesting um so anyway, there's a lot of talk about accessibility of porn and all that stuff. And that won't put you then, on a list or anything. But then somebody wrote – it's funny, actually. Um, the Sunday Times wrote a story yesterday about how domain names have no regulation on them. You can just buy any sort of domain name you want. Sure. And the example they gave is like, right now you could register raper.co.uk. And I'm like, yeah, you could register all sorts of stuff. What about I like to raper.co.uk or I like hurting people.co.uk or any number of things somehow they think that there's a way that you could regulate it and the only way it could be done is by having a you know a a flag system kind of like what microsoft's suggesting where people look at things they find them and then they report them to someone more official who can make a decision yeah to automate that would be ridiculous here's the here's the funny thing we kind of have a system like that for license plates but it works a little differently basically in our current system if one person complains then you can't have it in Microsoft system? No, uh, for license plates. Oh, yeah. And I've seen so, some. So it's basically, it's really funny. It's basically, if anyone can think of a way to be offended, it's offensive. That's the license plate rule, basically. Yeah. I think I've heard that. Which is funny, because I saw one that basically said boobies the other day. It didn't yeah. bother anybody. But it was like fives. Not five yet. zero zero. Three or I give them nine. three months. Okay. Anyway, I just this this whole this this program is really strange to me though because it's it's like it's like Microsoft is like getting us to do work for them and is going to be throwing us peanuts in exchange. Wait, are they giving anything? Are they even giving peanuts? Well, that's the Microsoft way. Is that the uh, You'll expect peanuts, and they'll give you less than peanuts in exchange. It's it's really – it's like they're – I know that I have – like part of me has a – it's a really small part of me. And I think that maybe for some other people, other people would be really motivated to do this just because – I don't know. I just get the impression that like for the average internet denizen that anything where they get to be highly judgmental summarily – is really satisfying, even if it's like work and not like doing anything that's otherwise satisfying. That's, yeah, that's an interesting point. It was, all right, do you want to do you want to keep talking? Because I just saw something that bothered me. Uh, no, this. no, go for it. So, according to this article, the system. So stuff happens. People say things or flag things, and then the system decides. Then the system decides whether the violator, supposed violator, needs to change his gamer tag. Or if it should go to an official Microsoft enforcer for review. So there's a possibility that they would need to change it without going to someone for review, which is my point. Yeah. it's Doesn't that seem strange to you? Thing, things, processes that basically remove humans from the equation very much do not sit well with me. Yeah, so when they something affect bad humans will, on one side. Something unpredictably bad will happen one way or the other. Yeah. So, and you know, here's the thing. You know that there's besides the last group of people I mentioned, there's just as many people 
who will take sick satisfaction in basically just going on there and saying offensive, 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 offensive. Yeah, I would really enjoy that. That'll probably be the person who got people saying his stuff was offensive when it really was, and he yeah. just wanted to use it anyway. Time to retaliate. Yeah. So I, I actually think there's as much a chance that this will go nowhere and Microsoft will collect no useful information whatever then they will actually get anything out of it. No, I, I that's too pessimistic. On the whole, I'm sure it'll do well. There will be those, you know, fewer situations where things go go poorly. But it's not, I think it's going to grow into stuff that's not just name or tags, like the other stuff people put on there. Like you have a, you get to put a quote and other things. And I'm, I'm sure. And then it will get even worse. Anyway, given that this is not actually talking about a person's reputation, that's what the Xbox One is doing where it actually pays attention to whether or not you're a good player or a bad player, or not like skilled, but someone who's a dick online. Yes. The Xbox One is doing that. And I'm very curious how that's going to play out with whether or not it actually does a good job. Yeah, me too. Because I've found, I've had really interesting online experiences lately where... With your racing? Yeah, and by lately I mean a few months ago. But it's, it's funny because once you get progressively more and more into the hardcore space with these kinds of things you start to find that people become actually more and more intolerant of deviating within a certain etiquette of play, and the etiquette is more and more bizarrely precise and specific to the point that you just you don't really feel like you can have fun anymore. Yeah, it does It does sort of break down. I got, I got yelled at for putting a car in, putting my car in the place that, in the track that was considered bad etiquette, by putting the car, I mean maneuvering in such a way, even though I was able to do it without making any contact. So, like, that's the kind of thing. Like, like, oh, don't go three wide into that turn. You're crazy. You got, you can't play with us. Yeah, that's a little bit upsetting. Nobody was near me. I don't know what's wrong with these people. Okay. Anyway, it's another show in the bag. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget Facebook page. Facebook and page. It's next time, our website. We're going to talk a lot about boobs. Oh, we didn't do that this time. Next time. A lot. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.